hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And right now, Lord, I pray that right now in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you allow me to decrease and you increase. Anoint my lips to clay that I may be an oracle of God. Let nothing I say be of earthly wisdom, but be of everything of heaven and the spirit. Lord, let no flesh glory in your presence. Lord, I pray right now, use me and use me in any way that you see fit. Allow whatever to be said today, let it be your words and not my word. I pray right now, Lord, that Holy Spirit, my friend, that you will start to move and touch the people's hearts and minds and that they will uh, that you will prep them to believe and receive the word that you have for them today. I pray that you will lose divine wisdom, divine revelation. I pray that you will be the good teacher, that you will be the wonderful counselor, and that you will just show them what it is that is the, the message that you have for them today. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you will just use me today. This is all about you. Oh, how I love you, Lord. How I adore you. It's in Jesus' name I do pray. While in the presence of the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And amen. And right now, before I even start preaching, I need everyone to raise your right hand with me. And repeat after me. Say, Lord, Lord give, me give me divine wisdom, divine wisdom and, divine and divine revelation as I read. And as I hear your word today, in Jesus' name, I do pray. Amen. Let me tell you something. This is a very special word today. And I'm telling you, I'm going to try to be as chill as I possibly can. Normally, I'm a fiery, long-winded style, but... I'm going to try, like I said, I'm going to try to be chill. Because I really just have a simple message today. But, you know, sometimes it's the simple messages that the Lord really starts to impact and move on. You know, so, like I said, I'm going to try. But, honestly, I just want the Lord to have his way today. Amen. And I want everyone to understand something. Because the, if I had to give this a title, I would say it's called Amazing Grace, not Hyper Grace. And I'm going to start by reading Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 13. But I want to read the Passion Translation. Because, yes, the King James Version is powerful. And I love the King James Version, which we read earlier. But the Passion, I think, will help you understand this a little bit more. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. And it says, yet look at you now. Everything is new. Although you were once distant and far away from God, now you have been brought delightfully close to him through the sacred blood of Jesus. You have actually been united to Christ. Our reconciling peace is Jesus. He has made Jews and non-Jew one in Christ. By dying as our sacrifice, he has broken down every wall of prejudice that separated us and has now made us equal through our union with Christ. Ethnic hatred has been dissolved by the crucifixion of his precious body on the cross. The legal code that stood condemning every one of us has now been repealed by his command. His triune presence. 
His triune essence has made peace between us by starting over, forming one new race of humanity, Jews and non-Jews fused together. Two have now become one, and we live restored to God and reconciled in the body of Christ. Through his crucifixion, hatred died. For the Messiah has come to preach the sweet message of peace to you, the ones who were distant and to those who are near. And now, because we are united to Christ, we both have equal and direct access in the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. So you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are the children of the city of the Holy Ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God. You are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple, and your lives are being built up together upon the ideal foundation laid by the apostles and prophets. And best of all, you are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. Now, 21, this is where... This is real powerful. Listen, this entire building is under construction. The building meaning yourself is under construction and is continually growing under his supervision until it rises up completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies, his dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. Let me tell you something. I know there's a lot in there, but that is so powerful when, 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 what I'm about to explain to you. The message is called, it's not amazing grace, it's, called, it, it, it's amazing grace, not hyper grace. And I, I, I need to say this because I, I don't know why so many churches are following this hyper grace philosophy. That, oh, I gave myself to Jesus, and, and, and so now I can live the way I want to because he freed me from sin and, from, 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 from sin and darkness, freed me from, see, everyone knows that part, that, that because you have given your life to Jesus and, and you, are, uh, and you, and you uh, repent of your sins and you say that Jesus is Lord, that you believe that he is the son of God, that you believe that he raised from the dead, that he died on the cross for your sin, he rose on the third day and is seated at the right hand to be an intercessor for you. The Bible says you are then saved. And, and so people say, wow, I'm saved. So now that's it. A lot of people have that philosophy. I don't know where it's coming from. Actually, I do. It's demonic. Because anything that belittles the power of what Jesus actually did for you is demonic. It is nothing but of Satan himself. Because you have to understand this hyper grace philosophy. Oh, because Jesus took all the sin away, I can live the way I want to. I can do what I want to do. I can take God's doctrine. I don't have to follow God's law anymore. I can do whatever I want to do and squeeze Jesus now and then, now, now and again. There are people who preach and who are teaching that because Jesus died, because he did what he did, that now there's no more sin. There's no more sin. So now I can do whatever I want. Now I can uh, do perverse things. Let in idolatry, let in foolishness, let in false doctrine. I can do all this now. Because of what? Because of grace. That is not grace. You don't know the definition of the word grace, if that's what you're thinking. That's hyper grace. That's a made up grace. 
That's what, why do I call it hyper grace? Or why is it called hyper? Because it gets people excited. It makes people happy. Like when you get hyper because you're about to go to an amusement park. Or when you get hyper because you had too much sugar in your system. Don't you know that the scripture says too much sugar in your sermons is damaging to the soul? Oh, see, now I'm getting deep in here. See, I tried to be cool, but then the fire came on me. That's why it's called hyper grace. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel wonderful. Wow. So you mean now that I accepted Jesus, I can do whatever I want now? That is a lie from the pits of hell. And any preacher that is preaching that nonsense, that hyper grace, you need to repent. I tell you the truth. Because it's called amazing grace. Amazing grace. How sweet. The sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. That's amazing grace. What Jesus did was amazing grace. Let me tell you what grace is. Because the Lord, when he gave me this word, he said, tell my people what really grace is. What grace really is about. Because I don't think they fully get it yet. Because a lot of people, I see that, 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 they, that they live their lives off of this hyper grace philosophy. Well, because I accepted Jesus, and you can't judge me, I hate... That, 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 ooh, don't even get me started. They, they, they take the hyper grace philosophy and then when you try to correct them or say something, it was like, you can't judge me. Let he without, first off, if you're going to quote the scripture, you better come correct. Because I come locked and loaded with the scriptures and I study. The Bible says study to show thyself approved. When did you study that word? You want to preach it, you want to teach it, but did you study it? And did you just give it off of your head? Did you just say what you think it means? Or did you ask the Holy Spirit, what does it mean? That's right, that's right, that's right. So before you start quoting scripture, you better quote the right one. Because you might quote one, but I got two, three more that says exactly what that scripture means. I take that word seriously. Study to show thyself approved. I don't want to be used by God. I want to be approved by God. Amen. Hallelujah. But let me tell you what this grace is really about. You don't know how messed up we were in sin. You don't know the consequences of sin. You don't know the power of sin. Sin is not like you put ink on a white suit and it's stained. Sin is more like an acidic sludge that gets on you and it eats away at you. And no matter how many times you scrub, it still eats at you and it still destroys you. That's why the Bible says the wages of sin is death. It's not free. And the Lord is so holy and just in the Old Testament. He came up with 613 rules that you had to follow. Because God was trying to show them, this is why you need me. Because I'm righteous. 
There's 600 laws. And if you break one, you break them all. That means you can do 612, but if you break 613, you broke them all. And the, and the Old Testament saints had to work endlessly to try to get um, this done, to try to follow the law. But they were still sinful because they kept missing one. I don't know how you follow 613 rules. We can barely follow the 10. How are you going to give me 600? There's 613 rules. God said that this is to be holy. This is what is required to have a relationship with me. And none of us could get it. Nobody could get all 613. And I hear people say all the time, well, I'm not a murderer. I'm not a thief. I'm not, you know, someone who's doing all these bad things. I'm not a drug dealer. Oh, really? Are you a, have you ever told a lie? Have you had issues with your brother or sister? Have you been angry with them? Have you been offended? Do you think you deserve recognition? Do you complain a lot? Or do you complain ever? Let's just scratch that out of the way. Do you complain ever? Are you constantly in your word? Are you constantly going to the synagogue and praying? Are you coming with a right sacrifice? Stop me if I got you somewhere. Because it doesn't matter if you're not a murderer or a stealer. In God's eyes, if you broke one, you broke them all. If you are rebellious, do you yield to authority? Do you listen to your parents? Do you honor your mother and father? And parents, do you honor your children? Or do you speak negative things on them? Do you bring them down? Have you ever done that? Guess what? You broke one. You broke them all. 613. If you broke one, you broke them all, and God could not stand sin. So every time you broke one, he stepped away from you. Because God is so holy and just that he can't be in sin. He can't. It's not in his nature. This is what grace is. You have 613 rules that you have to follow to get into God's presence and, and, and to have the Lord shine his face upon you and love you and have a relationship with him. God went from 613 saying you have to do 613 to just one. Oh, y'all missed that. You went from having to follow 613 rules to just following one. And that one is to accept Jesus Amen. as your Lord and Savior.
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And then Jesus said, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee and Jesus Christ, the one whom you have sent. You have to understand that grace is taking something that we don't deserve. We didn't deserve Jesus. We didn't deserve it. There's nothing you did. There's nothing I did that made us worthy to deserve Jesus. There was nothing that we did that made Jesus. There was, there was nothing good in us. We were dead in sin. We were dead. That's what the Bible is saying. We were dead. And here it is. This wonderful God, this wonderful master, this wonderful king of the universe says, I can't stand watching my people wander in the darkness. I can't stand not having a relationship with them. I miss them. I love them. Jesus, in the word it says, he considered it not robbery to take the lesser form of a servant. What God you know will take the lesser form of a human being just to say them. To say someone that's a criminal. That's what the Bible describes us as. The Bible describes us as criminals. I don't know about you. I'm not Jewish. We the heathens. We Gentiles. We the non-Jews. And here it is. God said, Jews and non-Jews, I will save both of them. Oh, come on. That's some good news. That's some amazing news right there. That's grace. Grace is not that you have to follow 613 rules. You have to follow one. You follow Jesus. And the funny thing is about Jesus, Jesus, when he gives you the Holy Spirit, he helps you fulfill the laws. You don't believe me? That was part of God's promise. He said, and I will take my word and I will put it where? In their hearts. David says, and I will hide your word where? In my heart so that I might not what? Sin against you. So here it is. The Lord is saying that he was so gracious. Do you even understand what grace is? Grace is supernatural help. That's what grace is. Mercy is when God looks at you and considers your condition. But that doesn't mean just because he has mercy doesn't mean he's going to move. So what makes him move? It's not the mercy. It's his grace. His grace. Let me show you something because I need to go to first. No, second Corinthians chapter 12. Because I'm tired of this hyper grace philosophy. Because I'm telling you. If you are not teaching about the cross, if you're not teaching the full impact of the cross, the, you have to understand that grace helps you live right. It's not to make it impossible for you to live right. It's to help you live right. Because if you just give your life to Jesus, he'll change you. You don't need a change to come to Christ. Come to him as you are and he will change you. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. But look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. This is Paul talking. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. 
What was it that Paul was talking about? Paul was talking about there was an agent of Satan that was sent after him. Now, he described it as a thorn in his side. And really, it was the enemy reminding him that you don't belong up here. Don't you know who you are, Paul? Don't you know what you did? You killed many Christians. You were so far away from God. He was reminded of his past. Even when he would go and preach the gospel, he he even said the first time he started preaching, he said, I didn't come to you with a message. I just came with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's it. I didn't even give you a message. And he said he asked the Lord three times to make him feel better. He asked three times to help him forget his past. To get rid of the enemy. And look at what Jesus said. And he said unto me, verse 9, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. What is the Lord saying right there? What is he saying to you today? He's saying grace is sufficient. It's more than enough. Grace is supernatural help. It's more than enough. What Jesus was trying to tell Paul, stop looking at yourself from your past. Look at the way I see you. Look at what I've done for you. I even changed your name from Saul to Paul. You are no longer the dead vessel that you were. What am I saying to all you here? You're no longer that defeated Beaten down, trodden down, weak thing that the devil keeps telling you that you are. Acknowledge that his grace is more than enough for me. Romans chapter 4, it says, it is of faith that it might be by grace that the promise is sure to all the seed. Grace is sufficient. Grace is more than enough. All you have to do is believe. That's all Jesus said. Jesus said, let me do the work. Just believe. I did it all already. Let me come in your life and let me change you. Let me tell you what grace will do. Grace will wreck you, man. Grace will wreck you. You'll go from being that person who it has, it's like pulling teeth out of your mouth to get you to come to church till you're the first one at the door. That's what grace will do. Grace will have you no matter what anyone says about you. You say, I got joy in my heart. Because I know what he did for me. My life is not my own. It is hidden in Christ. I am not defeated. I am not a loser. See, now the Lord is just moving on me. I I, I don't know who I'm talking to today. 
But there are some people who feel like, well, I'll, every time I try to live right, even though I accepted Jesus, every time I try to live right, I fall, I stumble, I make mistakes, I do this. So I, 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 I try to ignore my issue. I try to ignore it. The Lord says, I don't want you to ignore it. I just want you to give it to me. He said, let my grace be sufficient. My grace is more than enough if you will accept it. The Lord is also showing me some of us have a hard time accepting help because that's your pride. The Bible says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the what? Humble. To the ones who acknowledge that they need help. To the ones who say, Lord, I surrender. I can't do this on my own. But then the funny thing about grace, you go from I can't do it on my own to I won't do it without you. Grace is so amazing. It, it, it gives you a contrite heart. It breaks you down. And that's not a bad thing. Because the word says, a broken and contrite spirit, God delights to dwell. Meaning, he likes to be around you because that's humility. When you, are bro- when you have that sorrow of, Lord, I don't know what i do without you. Lord, I can't do this without you. I don't want to do this without you. Lord, how I love you. How I adore you. How I need more of you in my life. I tell you the truth. None of anything that I've been given is because I deserve it. Nothing. In fact, if we stuck with my brain power, who knows where I'd be. I still remember when I was about to go to UVA. First off, I didn't even think I was good enough to get into UVA. I said, UVA, no way. And no offense to the people who are at Mason, but I didn't want to go to Mason. I remember I prayed that prayer profusely. I said, Lord, don't send me to Mason. I said, please, you can take me anywhere you want. Just don't take me to Mason. And it looked like I was going to Mason. I said, Lord, not my will, thy will be done. At that point, I was at his mercy. And I heard the Lord say to me, he says, Simba, I'm going to open a door for you, but it's going to be up to you to walk through it. I had no idea what he was talking about. And then my mother came to me and said, Simba, have you considered UVA? I said, Sheol, no. I said, no, asking me to consider UVA, that's up there with tech. I said, no, no way. We sent in the application just to see. We sent it in. They got back to us the same day we sent it in. The same day. Most when you send in the application, it takes a day or two for them to get through it and to get back to you. They got back to us the same day and say, he's in. 
I said, hold up. What? They said, he's in. And then we tried to get into this bachelor program. And then um, my, my parents said, I had to, I, I didn't meet the requirement to, to get in, but I could try to get in if I met with one of the directors. I said, okay. We met with the director. Lady fell in love with us. That's another thing grace will do. Don't you know that Jesus had favor with both God and man? That's grace. That's supernatural help when you need it. My God. And so what happened was I knew I got in before my parents did. Because I remember what the Lord said to me. The Lord said, I'm going to open the door, but it's up to you to walk through it. I said, okay. Let me tell you something that's so amazing. When we got the news that I was in, I was the youngest person in the classroom. Amen. But I could hang with every last one of them. In fact, there was one semester where I was getting my butt kicked spiritually and physically. And I just flunked. I'm just going to tell you, I flunked that semester. I did. Hey, it happens, man. No, Golden child, don't get, don't get me started on you. <laughs> but let me tell you, I flunked. And mostly when you flunk like that, they take you out of the program because you're not fit. You're not ready for it. Let me tell you what grace does. My GPA was so high, even though I flunked that, I could still continue with the program and finish. That's right. That's right. That's That's grace. I didn't deserve that mercy. I didn't deserve that grace. I flunked. But the Lord said, "Uh uh-uh. When I open the door, it stays open until I say it's closed. That's 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 grace. That name, there's just something about that name. That name, Yeshua, Jesus. There's just something about that name. I decided because of grace, I can't just say that name all willy-nilly. Now it clicked for me. That name is too precious. Every time I even stub my toe just to say, Jesus. You need to understand that name is like carrying a nuclear bomb with you. When you say that name, everything changes when you say that name. But what the enemy has done is made the name so blasé that even when you say it, you don't say it with conviction or power. Because you say it so much and so blasé. The Lord is saying, treat that name like it's a weapon. Like, don't make me say that name. Because if I say the name, something's going to happen. Don't you know how powerful that name Jesus is? When Jesus is being arrested, Jesus is, is about to be arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. The soldiers come up and they ask him, are you Jesus? Jesus takes one, he says one thing to him. 
He says, I am. They fall down just because of the name of that power. They fall down. The Bible says that they all fell down. All the soldiers. Ain't nothing hit them but the power of Almighty God in that name. Jesus said, ask anything in my name and I will do it. You better treat that name like it's a weapon. That's what grace does. Grace is whenever I use that name. The fact that Jesus gave me his name to change my family, to change my situation, to change the environment. I dare you, go to a rave. And yes, I'm telling you, and I know all the religious people, but did the preacher just say for us to go to a rave? No, let me finish. Go to a rave and I dare you, shout the name Jesus in that place and see how many people want to stay there. Start shouting the name Jesus. Get a microphone, get a bullhorn, and just start calling out the name Jesus at a rave and see if those people want to stay in that place any longer. They'll scatter like roaches. So guess what? The name Jesus just turned the place that was a rave into a sanctuary. Y'all not, yeah. see, I'm, Lord help them to get this. Hear what I'm saying to you. That name, that grace, that love, that mercy, it's all found in one place. It's all found when I do one thing and one thing only is call on the name Jesus. Hyper grace should not make you or grace should make you live however you want to live. Amazing grace makes you live for him. That's the difference. Hyper grace, you still living for yourself. Amazing grace, you live for him. Amazing grace is when you fall so in love with him. That you can't imagine living your way, living your life any other way than pleasing and acceptable to him. Simply why? Because you love him. The Lord says, love never fails. What that really means is that your love for him, as long as you love him, you will never fail. Mm -hmm. Even if you slip, fall, and stumble, as long as you focus and get back up because of your love for him. What does that look like? You in a marriage, and as soon as you hit your first stumbling block, oh, we're getting a divorce. We tried. It didn't work. Our first stumbling block. So easy are people willing to give up when the Lord is just saying, come to me. Let me do it. You're not strong enough. But I am. That's why he said, take my yoke upon you. For it is light. Jesus loves you all so much. And I know I'm talking to someone, whether it's on Mega or whether it's live stream. Jesus loves you so much. 
right now, like the people in the church, everyone, even if you're online, just raise your hands with me and just say, Lord Jesus, help me to love you more. Help me to be just in love with you. Help me to grow in my intimacy with you. Help me to really receive amazing grace. And Lord, if I am still living for myself, I ask that you will forgive me. I ask for your Holy Spirit to come and make me more like you. To make me the Holy of Holies so that you can dwell in me forever. I love you, Lord. And I just want to be with you. I just want more of your presence in my life. Lord, I don't want to do this life without you. I can't do it without you. Lord, make my heart humble. Make it broken and contrite. So that I am acceptable in your sight. Lord, let me feel your love. Holy Spirit, have your way in me. I submit to you right now. Amen. Right now, for those who do not know who Jesus is, and you're either on Mega or you're watching the live stream or you're watching on YouTube, it's very simple. All you have to do is believe in Jesus Christ. That's all. But then that's not the end work. You just started. Salvation is free. That's why God gave us that precious gift known as Jesus. But I want anyone who is listening to just follow this prayer with me. If you want to experience Jesus for yourself, that's really all. This is all you got to do is repeat after me. All you got to do is say, Heavenly Father, I come before you. And I ask right now that you will forgive me of all my sins. I repent right now of all my sins. And I ask Lord Jesus to come into my life, to come into my heart. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the son of the living God. I believe that you came to the earth, born of a virgin, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose on the third day with all power in your hand. And that you are seated at the right hand of the Father to be an intercessor for me. I accept you this day to be my Lord and my Savior. I love you, Lord. Come into my life. Come into my heart. 
and give me your Holy Spirit so that I can be more and more like you. It's in Jesus' name I do pray. Amen, amen, and amen. And to all those who pray that prayer, let me just say, welcome to the family of God. I hope this blessed you. I hope you walked away with something. May the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus, and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Take care and be blessed. Hi, Reverend Simba here. First, I want to personally say thank you for listening to the ABC of Faith International podcast. I pray that you enjoyed the message and I pray that it really blessed your life and really touched your heart and mind. You know, the Lord, when he started showing me um, the thing of ABC of Faith, he said, you know, show my people that like the ABCs, it's not easy, but it's simple. Once you know what to do and how to do it, it's actually rather simple. The word becomes rather simple. And that's really what it is. That's really what this ministry is all about, is to show you the ABCs of faith, to show you the the simplicity and really just the genius of God. You know, it's really amazing um, what the Lord does with the word of God. And so... I really want you to understand I'm not here to teach about a religion or anything like that. That is not, in fact, that's not even God's goal. God did not send Jesus to teach us religion, but to reconcile us back to him, to have a relationship with him. You know, a man once said religion is man's attempt to get to God. Jesus is God's attempt to get to man. Wow. Glory to God. That is so amazing, you know, and really... I tell you the truth, giving your life to Jesus, there is nothing like it. There is nothing better to have a relationship, a real relationship with Jesus is really the best decision I've ever made in my entire life. And so I just want, um, the Lord told me that to present an opportunity for people at the end, if they want to receive the Lord Jesus, to give them that opportunity. And that's what I'm doing here. And so I want, if you want to know who the Lord Jesus is, if you want to have a relationship with the Lord, if you want to receive him into your heart and into your life, then all I want you to do is to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you. And I say, Lord, I am sorry for my sins. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. I ask you, Lord, to wash me in your blood and to make me white as snow. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you came to the earth, born of a virgin, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again on the third day with all power in your hand, and that you are seated at the right hand of the Father to be an intercessor for me, and that you are coming back again. Jesus, I ask you 
to come into my heart, to come into my mind. I receive you this day to be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you did that beautiful prayer, I just want to say welcome to the family of God. He loves you so much. And so right before I leave, I'm going to do a quick prayer for you. And then that will conclude this. Okay. I hope you are ready and I hope you are excited. Lord Jesus, I come before you and I give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. And right now, Lord, I pray for all those who are listening and all those who are here. I pray, Lord, that you will touch their hearts, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will just continue to move in a mighty way. I pray, Lord, that you will make yourself known to them. I pray right now. I loose right now the Holy Spirit right now into their lives. I pray, Lord, that you will just begin to reveal yourself in your word. I pray, Lord, that as they grow in their relationship with you, that that you will just continue to show them just more and more and more of you. Show them what it means to be a true believer in Jesus Christ and what it is to have a relationship with you. And Lord, I pray that you will just continue to work in their lives. I pray right now, I loose the kingdom of God into their lives right now. I bind and rebuke the kingdom of darkness. I bind and rebuke all lies, schemes, and plans of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus and by the finished work of the cross. And I pray that Lord, that as they continue to stay connected to this ministry, as they continue, Lord, to just continue to learn, Lord, that you will just continue just to have your way in their lives. Lord, we love you, adore you, thank you, and praise you. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. While in the present comfort of the Holy Spirit and my prayer partner's agreement said, Amen, Amen, and Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Take care and be blessed. Mm-hmm.